This is the Fantasy Football Podcast, where we take data and convert it into fantasy success. No bias, no hot takes, only victory. This is the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, and now your host, Dustin Chandry. Welcome to episode 20 of the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Chandry. And for today's episode, we'll be talking about waiver wire targets ahead of week five. Now, every week with this episode, I typically like to recommend a few players who have limited availability. These will be players who are below 80% ownership, but should be well above 90%. And then we'll concentrate most of our time looking at players who are more widely available, typically below 50%. And at the end of today's episode, I'll also recommend one player who had a big week two, who I think you should otherwise ignore when it comes to your waiver wire claims. So with that, let's get into the waiver wire targets for week five. So let's first examine two players who have limited availability right now in ESPN leagues. And if both of the, if either one of these players are available, they should be your priority ads this week. So first, let's talk about Bears running back Khalil Herbert. Now, coming into the year, I expected Herbert to be the lead back in kind of a committee situation. However, the Bears have just been so bad through the first three weeks of the season that they have been in negative game scripts in every single one of those first three games. However, in week four, the Bears finally had a competitive game where they were at least in a positive game script early and then a neutral game script uh, into the second half. And Khalil Herbert dominated snaps and opportunities in that game. Check this out. 79% of snaps played for Khalil Herbert in week four. He had 58% of the rush attempts. He had 63% route participation. He had five targets, which is a a 19% target per route run rate. And he had over 22 fantasy points. Now look, that's borderline running back one worthy workload. The broader issue is really how often will the Bears be in a competitive situation for an entire game where Herbert can get that workload. Herbert should be owned in well over 90% of leagues, and again, he's currently available in about a quarter of ESPN leagues. And then the other player right now who has uh, 20% availability is Texans wide receiver Nico Collins. Now, before uh, last week on the Don't Don't Be Afraid to Stardom episode, I said the Texans had both Nico Collins and Tank Dell were both flex-worthy options because one of them every week has, has broken out with a big game. Now, in week four, Nico Collins caught seven of nine targets for 168 yards and two touchdowns, and Collins continues to be one of the best downfield threats in the league at over 13 yards per target and over 19 yards per catch, both of which are among the league's best. And Nico Collins is currently inside the top 10 at his position through four weeks. Nico Collins, available in 20% of ESPN leagues, should be well over 90% and should be in your wide receiver two flex consideration every single week going forward. Before we get into more players who are widely available ahead of the week five wares, I want to remind you, you can find us and interact with us on Twitter. We are at FFAlchemistPod, now verified. Again, it is at FFAlchemistPod. You can also email us directly at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com. Now, for players who are more widely available, these are all going to be players who are below 50% ownership, uh, according to ESPN League. So let's start with the quarterback recommendation of the week, and this will be in particular if you're holding someone like, say, Joe Burrow or 
uh, maybe Daniel Jones. Um, but if you're looking at the waiver wire, the recommendation has to be Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud, currently available in two-thirds of ESPN leagues. And, of course, we just talked about he is supporting two other fantasy darlings at wide receiver and Nico Collins, who's wide receiver 7 on the season, Tank Dell, who's wide, wide receiver 23. But Stroud, in his own right, he has three straight games with at least 30 pass attempts. He has two passing touchdowns in each of those games and over 20 fantasy points in each of the, the last three games. He is currently quarterback 10 on the season, and he is available free in two-thirds of ESPN leagues. As for the running back situation, we'll have to monitor what happens with Javante Williams in the Denver backfield. But if he does miss the Week 5 game, the discussion will be, should we be picking up Samaje Pirine or Jaleel McLaughlin? Now, Pirine is just over 50% owned in ESPN leagues, but Jaleel McLaughlin is completely available. He's owned in less than 1% of ESPN leagues. And McLaughlin is actually the one I would recommend you pick up and not Samaj P. Ryan. Now, McLaughlin, he is actually the NCAA all-time record holder with 8,100 rushing yards and 79 rushing touchdowns in his career at Youngstown State. Week four, when Javante Williams left very early with a hip injury, McLaughlin had seven carries for 72 yards and three catches for 32 yards, and he had a touchdown. He averaged over 10 yards per carry and 10 yards per reception. McLaughlin is the guy I would recommend in the event Javante Williams were to miss week five. Outside of the Denver running back situation, I think you're really just looking at handcuff opportunities, and there are three players who I'll continue to kind of just pound the table for that have sub-50% ownership that if the incumbent starter were to go down, these running backs would see their value increase pretty significantly. That would be Kenny Gainwell of the Eagles, currently at 45% ownership, Zach Charbonnet of the Seahawks at 41% ownership, and Tajay Spears of the Titans at 20% ownership. Again, all three of those guys I think would be at least flex-worthy, if not running back two options, if the incumbent starter in front of them were to miss any time. Now let's talk about the wide receiver position because there's just more options here on the waiver wire. And the one player I would actually be targeting most aggressively this week would be Packers wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, currently owned in one-third of ESPN leagues. Now, Dobbs has had back-to-back weeks with a high target volume. He had 12 targets in week three. He had 13 targets in week four. And three of the first four weeks of the season, Dobbs has had 18 fantasy points, and he is currently a top 20 wide receiver through the first four weeks. He leads all Packers skill skill players in snaps, routes, and targets with three touchdowns through four weeks. Now, it remains to be seen what Christian Watson's full-time impact will be, but Tobbs is yielding solid wide receiver two production, and again, he is free in two-thirds of ESPN leagues. Another player just under 50% is Chargers wide receiver Joshua Palmer. Now, Palmer's snap participation jumped significantly in week four. He went up to 86% snap participation following the season-ending injury to Mike Williams. Palmer also surprisingly led the team with eight targets, even more than Keenan Allen, and he had better than a 25% target per route run rate. Now, he only caught three of 77 yards, so that indicates there's still more upside with a higher catch rate for Josh Palmer. Now, by comparison, rookie teammate Quentin Johnson He barely broke 50% snap participation, and he only had three targets. I think Josh Palmer remains the clear wide receiver, two on one of the league's best offenses. Now let's talk about some speculative ads. Uh, First, got to talk about Lions wide receiver 
Jamison Williams, currently owned at only 16% of ESPN leagues. Now, obviously Williams is a former first-round pick. He barely played his rookie season coming off the ACL tear in college. Then he was suspended for six games due to the league's gambling rules, but his sentence got commuted to four, and now, of course, he's eligible to play in week five. And, you know, I kind of get the argument for Jamison Williams. Obviously, first-round pedigree, elite prospect profile. However, he wasn't very good last year, and I, I get it was a very, very small sample size. But I also look around and look at this offense is really just in the middle of the league when it comes to passing attempts, but it's also going to get even more fragmented between Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and now Jamison Williams. I would be very cautious about expectations for Williams here in the coming weeks. I would actually prioritize Romeo Dobbs ahead of Jamison Williams on the waiver wire. And another player we should just keep an eye on, potentially add if you have room to stash him on your bench, will be Giants wide receiver Wandell Robinson, currently at 2% ownership in ESPN leagues. Now Robinson is coming back from a late season ACL tear. Uh, in week four though, he led the team in targets. Uh, prior to his injury last year, Robinson was ramping up his targets and he had a breakout game in week 11 that, in which he had 13 targets with a target per route run rate above 40%. And if Robinson gets anything close to that as the season progresses, he could turn into a PPR steal on the waiver wire. And then let's talk about the tight end position. Now, I'll just continue to pound the table for Jake Ferguson. He's currently at 25% ownership in ESPN leagues, and I think this guy's a tight end one the rest of the way. Ferguson is leading his team in targets. He did it again in week four, setting career highs in both targets and receiving yards. He had seven targets for 77 yards receiving. He continues to get a strong target rate. Again, he was above 25% uh, target per route run. The issue with him has always been snap volume. This is the second game this year where Ferguson and most of the other starters have been pulled into the second half because Dallas was up big. I continue to believe that if Jake Ferguson gets a full four quarters worth of snaps and target volume, he's going to be a solid tight end one the rest of this year. And then lastly, let's talk about another tight end who did have a breakout game in week four, but I think you should just avoid altogether, and that's going to be Bears tight end Cole Komet. Now, Komet last year had two games where he had 20-plus fantasy points. In both of those games, he scored two touchdowns, just like he did in week four. Now, if you take out those two games from last year and his week four game this year, every other game, he averaged 6.8 fantasy points, and he only broke 10 points on three out of 18 games. It really is as simple as this. Cole Komet needs touchdowns to be a weekly top 10 fantasy tight end. I really would not bank on that over the course of an entire season and certainly not in a week-to-week contest. So that'll wrap up today's episode targeting week five waivers. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll be back this week with a recap of uh, observations and trends from week four and then recommendations for players you should not be afraid to start in week five. Dustin Chandry signing off for the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod or email us at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com.